Hey everybody, I'm Peter and I have developed quite the taste for Ronto meat. He's more than a droid, he's a rebel and a friend. It's Mike. How you doing, Mike? Great. Welcome to Rebels Rebels, the show where we explore the Star Wars expanded universe through an episode by episode deep dive into the animated series Star Wars Rebels. Our guests today are hosts of the fabulous Kessel Run Weekly Podcast. Please welcome Danny and Kristen. Hey! hey. What's up, guys? <laughs> hey! Did I hear clapping in the background? Yeah, those would be us. <laughs> oh, that was, I, was like, I was like, who was clapping for who? <laughs> they were clapping for themselves. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, two quick questions. First of all, can you describe how do you describe your show to people when you talk about it? Uh, well, we actually kind of like to dive into the the lore behind Star Wars um, and kind of really deep dive into story. So, right now, we're actually going through the uh, saga and rewatching all the all the movies and everything. And what's cool is that like y- you go through and you watch these, and I've been watching them since I was five years old. And mm. you, you can still find something new. Um, and I think that's what's really cool about Star Wars is that it's a different story almost every time. Um, and so we like to dive into the lore and just the fun of Star Wars. Uh, we keep it positive and everything. So family friendly, all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, for the most part. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll be right at home here. Oh, yeah. Um, Secondly, assuming or judging from your name, you're Kessel Run enthusiast. So, how did you feel seeing the Kessel Run on screen? Kristen, I'll let you take this one. No, you're the one that thought of the name. So, this is your baby. I just jumped in the show. Like, <laughs> um, well, for me, as far as coming up with the name, um, Han Han Solo has been all Han Solo and Chewie have always been my favorite characters. Um, and so, the whole I made the Kessel Run in twelve parsecs, the cockiness behind it, all that kind of stuff was. It, I don't know. It was a favorite part of mine in Star Wars. And so with seeing the Kessel Run on screen, like it was fabulous. I mean, I, I loved all of it. I didn't expect it um, the way it went down. I was actually thinking of it as more of like a race or something like that. But I was really yeah. cool with it um, because like, as we say on the show from time to time, weird Star Wars is awesome Star Wars. I love it when it gets weird. Um, and I love that. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. Cool. Um, so we teased a little bit of a big announcement on the deep dive that is going to come out after this episode. So please check that out. Otherwise, I think we might be ready to jump into this. Mike, are you ready? I am ready. Danny and Kristen, you guys ready to jump in? Yeah. Absolutely. So this is uh, this episode, Blood Sisters, on a mission to escort a courier with secret information vital to the rebel cause to a rendezvous point. Sabine must face off against her old friend and partner. Yep. So we start on Garel and Hera tasks Sabine, Ezra, and Chopper with meeting a courier and transporting them to Havoc Outpost, which sounds super punk. Oh, absolutely. I remember Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Davey Havoc Outpost. Mm -hmm. Uh, I once kicked him in the face in a mosh pit by accident. 
Really? Yeah, that's amazing. We had a Dillinger <laughs> escape plan show? Yep, we were at, we, I was at a Dillinger escape plan show and I accidentally kicked him in the face. <laughs> yeah, I was there. <laughs> I was there at that show in San Francisco and I remember watching Davey Havoc hardcore dance and I thought, okay, that's awesome. Yeah, he's a tiny man with big shoes. <laughs> so, um, before, so before there's... There's, she's talking to a rebel named Vox, um, which is funny that this guy got name dropped and then we never see him ever again. Right. Um, and they said, I think, I don't remember if it was explicitly said, but uh, yeah, she did. She said, you're the, you're going to be moving some crates labeled Ronto meat. And I found out in an earlier episode of the script, it was labeled as Wookiee meat. Oh, that's messed up. (laughs) (laughs) Nice change. Good change. So that was weird. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so do you have any thoughts about this mission? She tells Sabine that she doesn't trust Ezra. She is like, no, this is a mission for Sabine. Sit down, Ezra. (laughs) And that she is going to go meet up with a courier and use a secret passcode to get that courier to a different place. This information is important. We have to get it through. Keep a low profile. Don't worry, you can trust me. What's this courier look like? I don't know, but they'll respond to this code phrase. Got it. Hey, I can be low profile too. (laughs) You can be backup, along with Chopper, but she is in charge. Understood. I, I get it. Uh, Ezra doesn't have the best track record. <laughs> yeah, especially at so, this point. Yeah, it's like a, it's like he's still in training thing. Like you know, Shadow Sabine, but like take a back seat. I'm I'm on board. Mm-hmm. Um, and so speaking of him not being ready, she Hera tells Ezra Sabine is in charge. Make sure he knows that. And then they all go off. And the whole time he's just badgering her like, yeah, so like you really like being alone. You're a loner. <laughs> and you say you like being alone and you eat alone and you sleep alone. And you do blah, blah, blah. It's like, come on, shut up. It's like the annoying little brother you can't get rid of. <laughs> yeah, totally. I feel like Chopper is just following like, I am so going to yeah. kill this guy. <laughs> you sleep alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she does. What about that, man? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is awkward, time, like, awkward way to hit on her. Be like, yeah, you sleep alone, right? <laughs> <laughs> he has awkwardly hit on her. Before, yeah, it's so weird. Really not new. Oh, definitely. Um, so as they're on their way, though, she sees a mysterious marking. That gives her pause yeah. painted on the wall. Oh, <laughs> yep. Um, I like that she touches it. <laughs> I didn't say that. I think she's, I mean, I'm assuming she's doing that to make sure it's fresh. Oh, to see if it's fresh yeah. or not. Fair. But uh, she's like bringing in her tracking skills. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, there's some pressed grass in this area. <laughs> did anyone else think, uh, did anyone else think that this, this logo looked like Prince's logo? It does a little. I didn't think about that right? till now. <laughs> <laughs> what if Prince was the courier? <laughs> He's like, let's go to Alderaan, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I didn't notice that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be such a good twist on the show. <laughs> Prince is the courier. Yeah. <laughs> he was in the gonk the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> The gonk, formerly known as Prince. Oh my gosh. 
that's got to be a shirt. Oh let's goodness. let's make it happen. <laughs> gong formally noticed. Yeah. All right. She's like a purple right. gong droid. <laughs> so speaking of the gong droid, they go to a hangar bay where we see a familiar transport, and there are some people getting on and off the transport, and they are very not secretly shouting the code yeah, word no. everywhere. It's a long way to Alderaan. Okay. It's a long way to Alderaan. 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 Hangar 22 is now closed. Pumsa Mohonoja Sohiki. This is by far the best part of this episode mm-hmm. in my mind. That they just to everyone, it's a long way to Alderaan. <laughs> right. <laughs> like like the uh, Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> and I like how Ezra there's one there's one lady that gets off the transport and Sabine's like, if there's a long it's a long way to Alderaan and she's like, What? And walks away and then Ezra goes to the same exact woman's <laughs> like, It's a long way to Alderaan. <laughs> He's like, Get away from me, you weirdos. <laughs> These people are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love the like, just like you said how Ezra's just like in their face about the whole thing. It's like, hey, keep a low profile, guys, and just shout out this <laughs> phrase and everything. And then and even then, it's not a casual. It's a long way to Alderaan. I mean, it's it's the most awkward. Yeah. <laughs> long way to Alderaan. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> totally. And I get the sense that yeah. this is like space public transport. So could you imagine yeah. just like getting off the subway and some guys just shouting like, <laughs> it's a long way to New York City. Just like, okay, bye. <laughs> bad idea, bad idea. <laughs> Abort. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's actually really funny that you said that because I just had a flashback to getting off our public transportation system. Our, our trains here are called BART mm-hmm. and I got off of a BART train one time and some... I'm I'm assuming homeless woman shouted at me. I'm from Palo Alto, <laughs> and so now I'm thinking she was a rebel. I had to be That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, a Silicon Valley rebel. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh man, I totally missed that. Yeah, they're being way too aggressive. Yeah. They're like going up to everyone, like, "Excuse me, have you heard the good news?" <laughs> they're being really. <laughs> yeah another very like kind of awkward and clumsy thing is i didn't realize this until i watched it a couple of times but so they're dejected and they can't find this courier they don't know who it is and so he says like no i totally said it right it's a long way to alderaan and then it turns out it's a gonk droid which is to- yeah. tight but the awkward part is ezra jumps up and is like sitting on the gonk droid's head <laughs> and it's like can you like it's just a weird he move. Does that. He does that a lot. He's on top of people's heads a lot. In the last episode we talked about, he jumped on top of a stormtrooper's oh, head yeah. and like Austin Power fembop fembop her. Like and he's jumped on top of Chopper before and ridden him like a you know, like a rodeo bull. That's it's totally like, right. I didn't even put it together. It's kind of his thing now. It's very weird. <laughs> yeah, this is who I am it's now. My thing. <laughs> <laughs> So, how do you all feel about gonk droids? Gonk droids, I can't even say it right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Personally, I think it's really cool that that was the carrier of all things. Just a random little power Mm, droid and everything. 
Um, I mean, I don't have strong feelings one way or another for a gonk droid, but I love it. Yeah. I love the whole concept of it. It's really cool. I should have looked this up. I don't remember the first time I saw a gonk droid, but I do like the gonk droid is one of the, the that droid that's upside down and getting tortured mm-hmm. in Jabba's palace, yeah. which is a weird first time's thing. actually in a new I hope. Think okay. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. On the, on the Jawa yeah, the, ship, uh, right? Sand crawler. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. And I feel like isn't there right. one in the Tatooine spaceport too? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Probably. But I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so let's list all the times of every single droid. Let's go. Okay. Uh, so this oh. one's called EG86, and it has some secret intelligence in it, which is pretty low profile. Kind of makes sense to give it to a gonk droid. Would have been really terrible if they got in a chase, like a foot chase, though, because that droid is very <laughs> slow. So cute. I, you know, if I was going to have a droid, I think this is the droid I would like to have because it seems like it's going to be the most difficult for it to turn on me. <laughs> like I'm not gonna when I go to sl- when I go to sleep at night I'm gonna feel comfortable that there's a gonk droid in the living room because like he's not gonna be able to get through he doesn't have hands he can't get through my door yeah. <laughs> so I can just power him off put him in the corner I feel good about the gonk yeah. droid so this model's a GNK droid so that's where you get gonk from but I can swear that it also goes like gonk gonk it does, gonk, it does, gonk yeah. it's so it's, funny it's like, it's like a Pokemon it just says his name <laughs> that's so great that's awesome um, also, shout out to Pokemon because that's the funniest idea ever. Yeah, that's each Pokemon will just say its own name. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, in an early draft of the script, it had C-3PO as the courier. Oh, gosh. They said that they didn't want the relationship between Sabine and Ketsu to be overshadowed by such a quote-unquote legendary character. Which I don't feel like should have been their fear. Their fear should have been that he would have been too annoying. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. what I was thinking. Hmm. Like, not that he's legendary, but he's he's kind of a mess. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's not exactly the person you want to take on a trip with you. He's probably the closest one to just no. give away the secrets. It's like, please don't shoot totally. me. Here's everything I know. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of low profile, exactly. let's right. throw C3PO in there. <laughs> the shiny gold droid. Let's look for him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. But you know, I was thinking about this and I have a question for everyone. I'd be so interested because I don't know why I've been wrestling with this. What's everyone's favorite droid? Maybe you can give me your, like your top one or top two, but what's your favorite droid in the Star Wars universe? Are you saying like type of droid or like specific droid? Specific droid. Oh, it's hard. Uh, Is it? Is that hard for you? Yeah, I, haven't thought about <laughs> it. I don't know. I don't know. I keep going to K2SO. That's what I go Same. to. Oh my gosh. Same, actually. And people, and I, I don't care. It's okay. Wonderful. I feel like people are really offended when I say that. I'm like, I actually think K2SO is like the funniest yeah. droid out there. I find that answer vague and unconvincing. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I'm not a huge Rogue One fan, but that droid was tight. Oh no, did I hear it <laughs> <laughs> I offended again. <laughs> we 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 just recently did an episode on Rogue One, actually. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was a lot of fun rewatching it. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I mean to your droid question, like, K, like I want a K two S O chopper like buddy cop story of some oh kind. Gosh. That would be amazing. <laughs> they would kill so many people. Right. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a that's a mass murder team. Yeah. <laughs> 
mean, I think it's pretty cheesy that it's just like there's an evil C-3PO and an evil R2-D2, but oh, the, doc- like the Dr. Afro droids yeah. are pretty funny. Oh, yeah. Um, triple zero and whatever. Yeah, BZ and triple yeah. zero. Mm-hmm. Um, I just would have preferred them not to be an astromech and a, and a protocol droid. Right. But that, they're, they're shout out to them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so before they can leave... The rebels are confronted by an old friend of Sabine, Ketsu Onyo, mm, um, who my favorite I, meal. I, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I that is in my notes. I keep thinking about chicken katsu. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page about that. <laughs> Never crossed my mind. <laughs> oh, it's delicious. <laughs> I want to go get some right now. Actually. <laughs> It's still breakfast time here, but I don't care. There you go. <laughs> um, so we will dive into her a little bit later on a deep dive. And that's a tease. <laughs> but she is voiced by Gina Torres, who played Zoe on Firefly, which is kind of cool. Um, let's see if there's any. So we learn while they're talking that Ketsu and Sabine escaped the Imperial Academy together. Mm-hmm. According to Henry Gilroy... Um, the executive producer of Rebels, their original relationship came from desperation. They may not, they might, they may not have ever teamed up back then if they didn't have to, but there were some dire circumstances that forced the odd couple to get together. Yeah, and we never learn about what that is. Yeah, that's I weird, right? Scoured the internet for information on this, and it just doesn't exist, which is fine because she's kind of an unconsequential character but and i'm okay with not knowing everything i'm not someone who's like flash that out i need to know <laughs> but no uh, we don't have that information well, well, i'm sure yeah. we will in two years I, I, i'm the opposite i, I want to know <laughs> oh, okay. I, I don't need everything fleshed out but i really think it i don't know like I, I love finding out backstory for characters and why characters are the way they are and stuff like that mm-hmm. and i feel like ketsu is a, is a big key to sabine um, even though she kind of comes off as very minor um, in Rebels, I think that it would be really interesting seeing those years of them in the Academy becoming bounty hunters um, with their goal being for the Black Sun and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. It just It's interesting to me um, because you see a lot of Ketsu, Ketsu in Sabine of, as far as like how she makes her decisions and things like that um, because, I mean, she's affected by everything that's happened to her in her life. Um, we see that really kind of steer her decisions all the way through Rebels. And so, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just think that would be really interesting. I like the psychology of the characters. Yeah, totally. And that's a good point because it, I get the impression we know that Sabine entered the Academy early because she's kind of a prodigy. And so, I get the impression that Ketsu's older mm-hmm. than Sabine. Um, and so... Well, yeah, she calls her little sister. Oh, does she? I missed that. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's interesting because I wonder when Ketsu's an artist as well, did she, did Sabine pick that up from Ketsu? Like, was, did they have more of a relationship where they were kind of close and kind of a mentor type thing at one point? Or is it completely unrelated? Like, that stuff I think would be interesting to be fleshed out for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that would have, yeah. I think that would have really, really strengthened this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, is maybe, you know, they don't do flashbacks on rebels necessarily uh or a lot but i think that would have definitely strengthened this episode and given more of a foundation for me to buy into this character a bit more Mm -hmm. 
than just exposition. Totally. Um, and in this exchange, it's revealed that Sabine was once a bounty hunter. And I like how I was just like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which is like, a, it seems like a very compressed timeline. Even though Sabine entered the Academy early, she left, became a bounty hunter, and then became a rebel by the age of 16. Seems like a lot at once. So, and then it's, it's also interesting because we never really revisit her bounty hunter day. So more so than the Imperial Academy, I kind of want to know what she was up to as a bounty hunter. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if those stories are out there. I'm guessing they are. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't, I don't think that they know anything or we'd know anything about her bounty hunter days yet. Other than that, I think that her and Ketsu's goal was black sun um but other than that uh i mean I, i'm right there with you that's something that i'm definitely interested mm-hmm. in um because i mean sabine would just be crazy cool as a bounty hunter like uh, on top of that i feel like her signature would be like covering her bounties in prey or not a prey <laughs> covering her bounties in paint in paint yeah <laughs> so the other one was much more brutal right right <laughs> i got really scared of Danny. <laughs> we went to a dark place <laughs> Speaking of her being an artist too, I noticed, so Henry Gilroy said this as well. There's a bunch of symbols on her armor. Some of them are her own and some are people she's worked for. So we see a logo of the black sun on the back of her helmet and on her shoulder pad. But the weird thing is she takes off her helmet at one point and she has kind of a black sun symbol tattooed on the back of her head, but it's not quite, I don't know what that symbol is. Is anyone cool? Yeah. Maybe she just has dope. (laughs) tribal tattoos <laughs> uh could maybe I, I was thinking it was black sun um because i mean you can't really kind of tell in episode um but i mean just like in solo crimson dawn um dryden branded kira so i wonder if yeah. it's the same concept or i don't know travel tattoo is a is a good option too <laughs> <laughs> yeah i thought about that too which is kind of interesting because you know then that that implies she's more deep in with the black sun mm-hmm. and she is just like a bounty hunter that they hired definitely um yeah the other thing is yeah i can't imagine i i have a one of the things that's hard for me about this episode is um she works for black sun which is a notoriously you know pretty evil syndicate and to be in the black sun what she is on was even describing as was difficult to get into I'm guessing you'd have to do some pretty nefarious things. Mm. So, it's hard for me in this episode that she so easily <laughs> um, goes soft. Because I'm, I'm all for, like, the story arc of, you know, bad guy softens up for a good cause. But to happen this quickly and from someone in such a, you know, a devious organization, I don't know, is. It was, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but it was too quick and I didn't have enough buy-in. I, I would agree with that. Um, just because, I mean, just like you said, it seems her story is kind of short as far as like from Academy to Black Sun to Rebel. And so maybe she got to Black Sun and just decided, hey, this isn't for me. These guys are a little bit more rough than I thought. Um, or maybe she never got to Black Sun. Um, I was thinking about because yeah. I don't think that they ever worked alongside each other as far as like with Black Sun. I know they were bounty hunters, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. That, that would be interesting to know as well. Yeah. 
or is she, yeah, like or like you were saying, is Ketsu even in Black Sun? Or is she just, right? Is she lying? <laughs> Fangirl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she is really into Black Sun. If she got it, but tattooed on the back of her head, what if they don't brand people and she's just like, it's like her favorite sports team, and she's got a head tattoo of them. <laughs> it's the scene <laughs> thing to be. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um. So we find out, as we mentioned, she is working for the Black Sun as a bounty hunter and getting paid to capture the Gronk droid, which is a problem for Sabine. So I liked this. There's a little standoff um, and it's very like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Music, very Western. Um, another thing I liked, so it did the close ups of their eyes and their guns, like it's straight out of a spaghetti Western. And you can really see, I've mentioned this before, like um, the detail we don't get a lot of close-ups of things in the show. The detail of how they color things. Mm-hmm. It's it's strange. And it's weird that I am just noticing it now. All the outlines and all the coloring looks like it's done by crayon. Yeah, on Sabine's gear. On everything. Like, that's how they color mm-hmm. the whole show. Like, not even just, like, how Sabine painted her armor. Like, if you look at the walls and stuff, there's no perfectly straight lines. They're all, like, rough outlines. I'd never stuff. noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Isn't it weird? Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. it's really weird. Yeah. And it's, like, for a show that looks so clean, but when you go down to it, like, it's purposely... It's very odd that no one ever notices it. Kind of took me aback, and now I can't stop seeing it. So, I might have just ruined that for you. Sorry. Jeez. <laughs> now I'm never going to unsee it. <laughs> yep. Um, so a little bit about the Black Sun as well. Black Sun were first introduced in 1996's classic, classic N64 <laughs> game, Shadows of the Empire, where they were brought and then they were brought back um, during the Clone Wars. So that game was sick. <laughs> Never played that game. <laughs> I've heard great things about it, though. There's like a level where you're swimming and there's a bunch of oh no, what, what's the garbage masher monster called? I forgot. The Dianoga. Like in a new hope. Yeah. You're like swimming and being attacked by all these Dianogas. Holy it's crap. terrifying. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. A- after reading that uh uh certain point of view yeah. and there's a story all about the Dianoga, I now I feel so Yeah. Now I have like a soft spot for them because they're so <laughs> sentient and like caring i'm like oh come on be careful guys <laughs> don't step on them yeah that was a really weird one he just wanted to hug very sad <laughs> yeah. yeah he was just scared <laughs> <laughs> so in the middle of the standoff they are interrupted by stormtroopers and forced to team up to fend them off this is the low point of the episode for me oh I thought- because this is an unnecessary unnecessary engagement with the empire <laughs> the, <laughs> the stormtroopers walk over and go hey what are you doing and anya just turns around and shoots them <laughs> shoots at them instead of them like fleeing or being like oh we're just because they're not they're not doing anything yet and they're not suspects of anything they're just trying to get them out of the hangar bay because it's like hey the hangar bay is closed everyone needs to leave they could have just walked out instead of being like well okay just shoot them yeah <laughs> don't interrupt i mean yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's what she said don't interrupt and then shot them yeah i couldn't i can see it from a story perspective because you need some sort of conflict to make sabine and ketsu work together in some way start those kernels yeah. and i can also see it if 
you know, kind of what we were talking about before. If she was like full in on Black Sun, she was a badass, and she's just, she's like Joe Pesci in Goodfellas, where like she he just, <laughs> she just loses her cool and just blows a guy's head off for just talking to her. Um, but they don't follow through on that, which is the part that's frustrating to me. Yeah, but it's it's not like Joe Pesci like beat some dude up for laughing at him too much, and then like is a cuddly teddy bear in twenty minutes after that. <laughs> Um, so I, I, that from, that was frustrating to me as well. I, I would agree with that. Cause I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I kind of just naturally explained away as you do things with star Wars, <laughs> that it was to show <laughs> that, that she was kind of, uh, she was, some, was the force, right? Right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> somehow. I don't know how it was the force somehow. <laughs> um, but just kind of show that she was a threat and not just an old yeah. friend coming back or something like that. But yeah, um, it, it feels like a lot of times in the rebels episodes that it's just a lot of unnecessary stormtrooper stuff. Cause it's just like, Oh, yeah. Hey, we haven't talked about the empire or shown stormtrooper in a while. Hey, it's about time. Let's go ahead and throw them in right here or something <laughs> like that. So yeah, I, totally, I agree. It does give you a very distinct impression of how dangerous Ketsu actually is because she does just destroy these stormtroopers. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and while she's fighting the stormtroopers, um, Ezra and Sabine try to make a run for it. Um, they steal a shuttle that says Starbus on the side, so it is public transportation. Um, its technical name name is a Lantillion short hauler, which was created for the original Star Wars role playing game. Huh. Mm. Yep. And is that uh, is that our old friend? Uh... Pee Wee Herman voicing this bot. I couldn't find that actually. So yeah, what you're referring to is in droids in distress. Um, we see the, the droid who's kind of the pilot of the ship. It's the same pilot mm-hmm. from the uh, Disneyland star tours ride. Who was originally voiced by Pee Wee Herman. Captain Rex. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. His name was Rex. Yep. Yeah. That's where the name came from. Um, and they brought him back to voice the same character in the second episode that we talked about uh droids in distress in the first episode so so i'm assuming you said this is Pee Wee herman yeah uh, what's his oh my name? gosh um, i think I, I knew his real name i can't remember what it is now but i'd never put that together that that was Wee herman yeah i was just like I oh man captain blank. rex <laughs> paul rubens it was paul yep. rubens, paul rubens. Yes, uh, yeah. oh man uh, so at least on star tours it was paul rubens in season one episode two it's paul rubens and this one i couldn't find any clear definitive information of whether or not it was paul rubens with the same exact droid in the same exact situation being a pilot of a transport transport so maybe interesting mm-hmm. yeah um so ezra doesn't make it on the transport but he's kind of like all right whatever peace um <laughs> and uh ketsu fends off the stormtroopers and escapes on her own ship the shadow caster <laughs> great name super metal yeah you know. oh no um, shadow caster yeah so this is this uh it's a modified version of the banshee um which is the same same style ship as asajj ventress Ooh. it's such a different looking ship it's like it, i think it's a fairly unique star wars design mm-hmm. I wrote it looks very Star Trek. It does. Yeah. Know. It yeah, kind of right. reminded me kind of like, I mean, I guess crossing streams here, uh, like a, a clean on warship. Never crossing <laughs> streams. <laughs> uh, kind of like a clean on warship of some kind or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the design. Hmm. 
Yeah, especially if you're watching Discovery, there's you see there's a lot of different ships that are kind of in the old mm-hmm. old style of Star Trek. Um, that's what it reminded me of. So I agree, very unique style. I kind of like it. It kind, you know what? It kind of looks like um, Dak Rendar's ship from Shadows of the Empire too. So I wonder if that's another tie-in. Is Ooh, I was thinking, no idea. When, I yeah. I was thinking while we were watching the episode that it kind of looked kind of EU-like, like I had seen the ship somewhere, yeah. but I, I, I couldn't place it. Yeah, but I like it. How do you, you guys like this ship? Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it. I think it's really cool looking. Um, it, it, it looks like one you don't want to go up against. I, I really like it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's got uh, it's got some similarities to the ghost. I feel mm-hmm. like uh, kind uh, of that yeah. almost stingray like kind of design, mm-hmm. right? Totally. So they take off. Sabine is in the transport with the Paul Rubens droid. <laughs> uh, Ketsu is following in her super metal shadow caster, um, oh. and Ketsu comes up behind the shuttle and knocks out the hyperdrive. Then, before, before before we get there, yeah. I have to talk about the fight between Ketsu and the stormtroopers mm-hmm. because I'm so used to seeing uh, incompetent stormtroopers who can't shoot and can't fight, which is fairly on par for what we're seeing here. Mm-hmm. But there is one pretty decent attempt by one of the stormtroopers who just tries to tackle Anyo, like shoulders her into a ship and then goes to punch her and miss. She He misses. But I was like, wow, that was a fairly good attempt. <laughs> like, managed to actually tackle her. I was impressed by that. Totally. A stormtrooper actually they made lost contact. in the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was the simple contact. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was really funny the, the when she goes to kind of like jump, jump herself over him or whatever. He's kind of like, oh my God. <laughs> um, no, no. She almost like, she hits between his legs or whatever. He's oh like, no. God, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I really want a show just about stormtroopers. Like, I want to see them like totally dejected and bummed after like flubbing a mission, like going back to the barracks, and just I want to know what the conversations are like when they get back there. Oh my gosh! Um, I want to humanize these guys, kind of like we do with clone troopers. <laughs> yeah. So, do you know about Tag and Bink? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, they did uh, Star Wars adventure comics. Yeah, mm-hmm. so there's there's kind of that. It's like Tag and Bink. I, they're from Legends originally, and they were like two. It was like a almost like Mad Magazine. It was like a spoof comic almost. Yeah. Whereas like Tag and Bink were like just incompetent stormtroopers, um, and people really liked it. I didn't really read it, so I'm not super super in, or super knowledgeable about Tag and Bink, but they were technically put into solo um, and then cut out uh, for, for other reasons, mm-hmm. not because they needed to cut out tag and pink, but I wonder if maybe they're making like they're working on like a tag and pink show for the Disney streaming service or something. That would be hilarious. That's well, exactly com- that. Yeah. They had a comic that came out uh, not too long ago. Oh, did they? I want to say six months ago that featured them. Huh? Interesting. Um, hmm. That I read. That was fun. Um, yeah. So they're definitely, They've been canonized. Yeah. What if it's like there's like the office, but it's tagging. Oh bank. my gosh! Please. 
That would be incredible. They're, like, they're just pranking each other yeah. all the time. And they're just like fighting over the vending machine on the Death Star. <laughs> Talking about how awful their boss is. Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> all right, I watch that. I like that. Um, all right, so so Sabine escapes in the short hauler and it's slow and cumbersome. So Ketsu gets into her shadow caster and she shoots out the hyperdrive. Then in another BA move, she shoots out the door and sucks yeah. chopper into space. <laughs> I know. So deadly. I know. That was a nice shot. Like just to be able to just hit that right there. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means there's a little bit of a standoff. Um, Sabine can't get away. Ketsu's got all the guns. Um, and so she's demanding that they, that Sabine turn over the droid or else she's going to blow him up and that will be terrible. <laughs> I, Meantime, go for it. Oh, I was just going to say, this is actually one of my favorite parts of the episode with, uh, her sitting there uh, or Ketsu going through and threatening Sabine and she's <laughs> like, you can't be serious. He's like, believe it. And then Chopper's back behind there just going, well, this looks important and pulling things out. <laughs> I love totally. it. She probably needed this part. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I've been keeping a log of all the fairly like, like I, I'm trying to make a file for creating a show on Chopper that's, you know, making a murderer <laughs> for, for Chopper. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm definitely adding this moment into a semi-psychotic mm. droid move. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what this reminded me of was um, Wally, where Wally and Eve were like floating through space together, and like Wally is like using it, like the fire extinguisher to oh, yeah. <laughs> fly around in space. I feel like this was almost as romantic as that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Chopper being intimate with a gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, so Chopper uses the rocket to his rocket to sneak on the ship, as we said, and disables her weapons, but he is captured. Wah, wah. Um, so Ketsu can't blow her up anymore, but she says, We you we will exchange droids. I'm holding your droid hostage. And so Sabine acquiesces and says, I need to go for Chopper. Can't live without him. <laughs> so they agree to dock together and exchange droids. Do you want to see a weird note I saw? I don't know why this was on the official Star Wars website. Of course. Um, oh. I, I noticed this, like the, the actual docking mechanism. I don't know if we've really seen that very much. It like kind of looks a little like old school. Yeah. It's like an accordion sucking into a tube or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. like, kind of interesting to see how that actually works. Cause you usually just see a ship like stick on the side of another ship and it's like magic. <laughs> um, but so they said specifically, this mechanism is called a coffer dam. Huh? Sure. So thank you. Starwars.com. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um so they are docked and they're kind of like staring at each other from either ends of their ships and it becomes clear that sabine is not willing to give up the gonk droid even though she said she would so they're arguing a little bit having a little tiff 
but they're interrupted by an Arquian's class command cruiser, which orders both ships to power down and prepare to be boarded. And I've got to imagine this is probably because they murdered a bunch of stormtroopers. Probably. So it set off, <laughs> set off the police. <laughs> Good chance. Yeah, bring in the big guns now. Yeah, totally. So they're trying to figure out how they're going to get out of this sticky situation. And Sabine instructs Chopper to overload the hyperdrive on her ship. And then they plant some explosions or explosives to do a little extra damage, which is tight and really, <laughs> really within Sabine's wheelhouse. She likes a little bit of extra explosions. <laughs> because why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Paul Rubens droid has been shut down up until this point. So the ship's loaded with explosives and it's ready to go. So Sabine op- turns on the pilot droid and tells it to go into emergency mode. And it's basically like, the Empire's trying to kill you. Like, evade, do your emergency stuff. And so the droid freaks out. And he's like, oh my gosh, we got to get out of here. <laughs> um, oh, poor guy. I know. I, I feel really bad for this droid. Right? I do too. He's just trying to drive the bus. I know. He just wants to keep his passengers safe. <laughs> You did good. You did good, man. I love how he even gets a little irritated with them because he's like, uh, I'm activating emergency protocols. What are you still doing here? Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so the plan is that they are going to get locked on by the Empire and they'll blow some stuff up or they'll cause some sort of explosion and get on the Shadowcaster and they will be safe. But their plan is complicated when the command cruiser opens fire and knocks Sabine out. She is unconscious. So they're trying to get away. It's really easy to knock people unconscious. (laughs) It's not that easy. I've tried. According to all movies I've seen. Just kidding. I haven't. I swear. (laughs) I'm a pacifist. (laughs) It's really easy. Also, like, that's that's a good point because I feel like in movies and in Rebels, this happens all the time. They just walk up to someone and punch them one time and then knock them unconscious. And it's like, okay, they're the good guys. They just knock these people unconscious. But like, that would cause like serious brain damage. Right. Yeah. There's so many stories in the news where you just like someone gets in a bar fight and you land one pun- wrong punch and they like die of brain hemorrhaging. Like they're probably <laughs> killing so many people <laughs> when they could probably just cause a distraction or set their phasers to stun phasers, st- <laughs> their blasters yeah. to stun. Yeah. I'm sure someone's going to yell at me on the internet for saying phaser. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like this is another spinoff we could create of, uh, you know, we could do like, would be a good, what, what could we call it? Like a Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> would be, be like, um, oh, that's a good idea. I don't know. What's the medical droids designation? Oh, it should be starring like the, the, the doctor from Force Awakens that's fixing up Chewie. <laughs> Like, oh, you're so brave. <laughs> she was tight. <laughs> She'd be like the head of the hospital, the oh, rebel hospital. So you're so brave. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Amazing moment. <laughs> uh, so Sabine is knocked unconscious, and Chopper refuses to disengage the docking bay without Sabine, which is actually kind of sweet for Chopper. <laughs> right? Yeah. I wonder if because he would he would not do that for Ezra. No, I know no. totally. <laughs> I wonder if maybe like that's the reason that like 
that Sabine wouldn't give up on Chopper either is they have like a weird like unspoken bond because they're both kind of psycho killers. Mm. So maybe like they're just like secret BFFs. (laughs) They both have a crazy streak. Yeah, totally. (laughs) He's like, I like your explosions. (laughs) 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 Um, Ketsu decides at that point that she will go back for Sabine and rescue her. Yeah, and this is like her redemption moment. Which is weird to me because, and they say, Mm -hmm. and later on it's like, you could have just left me to die and taken the droid and made a bunch of money. And she's like, well, there's more than just money. But if Chopper would have disengaged the dog, she'd be like, bye, Sabine, peace. Like, it's not really a redemptive arc. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I was thinking because it was just like, it's not like you just did this on your own. So it's a classic, I'm taking credit for what the droid did. (laughs) Totally. Um, so while that's happening, she gets Sabine, she brings them back on the shadow caster and the cruiser locks onto both of them with the tractor beam and starts pulling them in, but the shuttle explodes, freeing the shadow caster and allowing them to escape, which yeah. is weird to me because so the whole, cause the empire obviously knows there's something weird going on because they like, they're like, Oh, there's energy fluctuations, blah, blah, blah. And Sabine. And it yeah. Says, why would like, you just let it, just let it go. Yeah. Well, there's this Sabine says like, we have a, re- we have a leaky reactor or something. I forgot exactly what she says, but she's saying there's like a meltdown, like we're about to explode. So why would you walk onto a ship that's about to explode and bring it closer to you? Yeah. Unless there's a reason he hasn't made Admiral. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I love all really the hasn't Imper- made Admiral. I love all the Imperials in this because I know I've been calling all the rebels whose faces we don't see half shields. Yeah. They wear like half shields and you don't see the top mm-hmm. of their faces. But also that's true with all the Imperials. Mm-hmm. All of their hats cover the top half of their faces. <laughs> so just a, a bunch more half shields. Yeah. It's the new red shirt. <laughs> half, half shield. <laughs> um so they blow up stuff which seems to be sabine's favorite solution and they end up getting away the gonk droid chopper ketsu and sabine one big happy family Mm, yeah so yeah and then yeah it ends right with uh alderaan Mm -hmm. and r2d2 yeah which is cool because um we don't see alderaan a lot no it's very beautiful very yeah it was it was (laughs) which this is another weird move i mean they didn't explain any of this stuff i think my my issue is more of just like they they kind of yada yada the all the character development points they kind of just like went through like uh okay she's tough and mean Mm -hmm. and bad then she's redeemed that's it like they didn't do any of the work to kind of connect the dots because at this point too ketsu could have just been like all right, well, you're on my ship. I have all these guns and stuff. Mm-hmm. She didn't have to kill Sabine necessarily, but like, all right, like drop Sabine off and then bring her back to bring the gunk droid to the black sun. Like, why would she agree to drop the gunk droid off at Alderaan? Hmm. Well, maybe she doesn't trust anyone to do it. Well, I feel like, yeah, but- I feel like it was more of like a, this should have been like an arc like more than just one episode because yeah. I, I agree with you it really seemed jammed in there and next to no development only they were this now they're this 
um totally so, yeah. yeah i completely agree it'd be really crazy cool to see like a ketsu arc um because that's kind of how yeah. it felt like it was going just like how clone wars used to do their arcs and stuff like that or will do their arcs when they return um <laughs> but uh but yeah so uh i i really think it should have been an arc for sure yeah too much to well, cram I, in one yeah, episode I think you're right. And I think because we see really good arcs in Rebel, Rebels, I think Callus is the perfect example of yeah. bad guy gone good. But we have enough time with him and it's simply the time. And it's mm-hmm. like taking the Callus arc and cramming it into one episode. Oh my gosh, yeah. It doesn't work and we don't buy it. And that's exactly what we're seeing here. Good point. And it kind of seems like evidence to me that perhaps the writers and creators know that because we don't see Ketsu too much more throughout this series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're talking now about kind of the larger, the episode at large. And um, I I think my biggest problem with Ketsu Anyo is that she is developed for for no reason she's developed to simply develop herself she doesn't also concomitantly develop sabine Mm -hmm. um i don't feel like i see what sabine could have been because anyo already is turned to good fairly easily i think it would have been more successful had anyo i don't know betray her or been a bounty hunter who was still pursuing her and we saw this, oh, that's what Sabine might have been instead of, mm. oh, she would have always come to the, because when I see Anyo, I just go, oh, Sabine would have always turned. She always was going to redeem herself or make the right choice. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, we didn't, we didn't actually talk about general impressions of uh, Ketsu. I don't know if Kristen, Danny, do you have any, do you have any uh, overall feelings about Ketsu? Not really as overall feelings, I guess, but I mean, I'm I'm really on board with you guys about what you're saying about how she really should have had more of a story behind her, like that you didn't really get to see what Sabine could have been or would have been if she wouldn't have uh, joined the rebels. And I I guess I don't like that she, you know, it, in the beginning she kind of talks about how she's got the best ship and the best guns and she's a feared bounty hunter, but then she turns around and she's yeah. like, okay, let's go drop off this droid with the rebels. Like totally. So I just don't like that side that she just was so easily swayed to just become good, which I feel like that, like you said, it should have been more of like a fight or a battle between it in order to really dive into that story. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, and again, it's back to she's her development. She's taking credit for what chopper did. If chopper hadn't said, Whoa, 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 let's wait. <laughs> She would have just yeah. left her and she would have still been the Ketsu that we knew at the beginning of the episode. So that's that's what's missing is it's kind of like, okay, what changed? What made you change your mind? Why are you this way now? All of a sudden you're like, oh no, forget the Black Sun. I'm good because you know the Black Sun will forget you. Um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. yeah. Very true. So, no, I, I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think what we're saying is in conclusion the most important journey is the journey of love. Oh, oh wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this, if there was a theme in this episode, if there was a theme in this episode, it would probably have to do with something along the lines of friendship. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably. And, and I, I th- guess, because it's not really a redemption story because she's not really redeemed because we don't really know 
what she needs to be redeemed from because mm-hmm, it seems totally. like she's already a fairly good person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And there's a kernel of something there because I do like Ketsu just as a character. She's, she's kind of a badass. No, I she's, do too. Uh, she's acted great. Um, yeah. I think I, I'm, if anything, my, my criticisms are that I'm, I feel like she's wasted. Yeah. And I wish that we had more. Absolutely. That's what it is. It's yeah. It's definitely not me being like, Oh, I hate this character. Totally. It's not that it's going, Oh, I didn't need to see her redemption. I'm buying in that she's like this badass bounty hunter. I'm on board. Don't, we don't have to make it. She, we don't know. I don't know her well enough to need to have an emotional backstory. Like I'm just sold on this character as an awesome bounty hunter. Yeah, absolutely. That's all. Yeah. And then in the very last beat, um, evidently Ezra met back up with, cause I mean, he was still in Garel, So it's not, he just probably was like, all right, see you later Sabine and just goes back to the ghost um, and so Hera and Ezra meet Ketsu back on Garel and Sabine introduces Ketsu to the crew um, and I like there's one little beat in here that I really like more awkward weird as a Ezra where it's like hey Ezra can you uh, give us a moment and he's like okay just stands there <laughs> And he's like, oh, you mean you two? And then he's like, I'll just go over there then. <laughs> he's just so oblivious. He's so awkward. Yeah, when, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, he did live in like a silo for like years. <laughs> a satellite tower by himself. So Yeah, Sabina's probably the first girl he ever talked to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like Anakin with Padme. I mean, how many girls do you think he was trying uh, to hit on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Are you an angel? <laughs> Please leave. <laughs> Here's a Jupor snippet. I'm wondering how many Jupor snippets he gave away. Yeah. It's like, cool, this is a, real, a really shit carving. Thanks, dude. <laughs> yeah. He's got like 20 of them just saved up for the right girl. Yeah. 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 He's like, That's his move. <laughs> oh. <laughs> If I were single, that would be my move now. <laughs> but I'm like, that's kind of a good move. That is actually Just like amazing. leave them. <laughs> yeah. If found, please call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just walk up to girls and be like, are you an angel? And then hand her a divorce number. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think that's about it. Did anyone have any other notes before we close out this episode? Uh, I think I'm good. Yeah. I think we hit everything. So. Yep. I did have one comment at the very beginning of the episode that I wanted to say when they're on the intercom at the space port, I don't know what it's called, uh, where the space bus is, mm-hmm. um, the, it, when it's announced that it's closing, it's done both in basic and in a, ling- in a second time in a language I could not identify, huh. but that sounded like Huddies and I was like, what other, what's the second biggest yeah. language in the galaxy that they had to announce that in? Um, when I heard that too, I actually thought it was Huddies too. Sounded, All right. I was like, is that cool. Java? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. That's kind of what I was going with. All right, cool. That's what I thought too. And that is an interesting, um, you know, because we get like a lot of Spanish out here in California because obviously it's like the second most spoken language out here. So soon to be the first. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and so I don't, 
I get the impression there aren't very many huts actually out yeah. there. So it's interesting that the huts and the outer rim have so much control that they're kind of a small number of them mm -hmm. are forcing their language on so many people because oh, they're so kind of powerful and ingrained in the economy and things like that. That's a, that's a really interesting aspect. And I really thought about, mm -hmm. yeah, cool. Well, cool. Well, how we end each episode is with our own grading scale based on our current most favorite thing in Star Wars to our current least favorite thing in Star Wars. And then we rank this episode with a moment somewhere between the two. Uh, Peter, do you want to give an episode of your scale? I mean, an example. An episode Sorry. of my scale. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, my current least favorite thing in Star Wars is the 1997 special reissue song from return of the jedi jedi rocks <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing in star wars though is the uh throne room battle in the last jedi um and so between those things i am gonna give this episode the weird awkward relationship between finn and rose um, because I, I like the characters and I think that they're cool, but I don't really know like what's going, like, what are they like? Is it trying to be like a love thing? Is it just like a friend thing? I don't know what's going on. It just seems messy and I, I don't get it. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about this episode. So for me, that translates to probably a C minus. Hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I'm starting to think that when rose kisses finn she didn't actually mean to but it's like uh, she was, it was just the concussion like, talking no. yeah exactly yeah. that's what i'm thinking and she's gonna be like i didn't kiss you yeah <laughs> probably it's gonna, it's gonna like break finn's heart yeah. and he's like what or like i could totally see it being like like you know she's she thinks she's about to die she's like fine whatever like <laughs> he's cute and then just like kiss her real quick just like means nothing and then like you see her finn kind of glancing at her at, in the millennium falcon and i'm just like what is going on right here i don't know <laughs> maybe like i don't know all right so my least favorite thing in star wars is currently that han solo got his last name from an imperial officer mm -hmm. my current most favorite thing in star wars is i love the yoda's death scene in return of the jedi because i think it's just really i don't know, poetic and elegant mm. and done really well and i think it's a really great moment um and i'm going to give this moment this episode and i picked also from the last jedi which is a movie i like quite a bit mm -hmm. but i picked um the this episode would be a master code breaker on canto <laughs> bite which is because that character means nothing to the story if not used again um and was thrown in there we saw for a second but then didn't impact the story that significantly right totally um so that's what I'm going to give this episode, which for me translates to also, I'm going to say, uh, well, I don't know, C minus or D plus. I, it's, this yeah. is tough. I've never given an episode a D plus. So it's probably a C minus. Well, speak your truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, let's start, Kristen. Do you want to do you want to give a scale? Oh gosh. <laughs> the moment has come. He's been thinking about this all day. <laughs> I really have forever. Um, it's all right. Okay, I guess. Um, I'm probably gonna struggle with the more of the least moment. I, I know my favorite moment is um, in Star Wars is Empire Strikes Back when uh, Han and Leia have their scene uh, in that little like control room. I guess what it is on the Falcon. Yeah, yeah on the Falcon. Yeah. Um, oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Their every scene with them is just cute to me. So <laughs> the tension, so much. <laughs> and I guess my least favorite. I really have really it's hard lead. because like we really don't have least favorites no we don't we find the positive <laughs> in, like every least favorite moment like i don't know every time well, I look, it doesn't have to be something you hate it could just be like something you are less positive yeah. than other stuff yeah we say least favorite yeah. we don't say worst we say because right, it's like right. all star wars is good star wars but yeah. some is just better <laughs> yeah and we've, we've also said bad star wars is better than most things so yeah I agree. you're you're in safe company okay <laughs> Um, I guess, I guess when I think about one of the parts of Star Wars that I like the least, I guess, would be, um, in The Last Jedi when Luke milks that weird cow looking thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just always a pause in my hands when he's like, what's the first yeah. part of Star Wars to you? I'm like, uh, that part. <laughs> it's yeah. really awkward I to like me. like how the milk is stuck in oh, his mustache. Yeah, it's <laughs> like that. I just don't like it. <laughs> um... By the way, have you seen the director and the like the director and the Jedi or whatever it's called, the documentary on this bonus features uh -uh. for The Last Jedi? I haven't seen it. It's really good. It's a feature length documentary making uh, The Last Jedi, which first of all, I'm just going to get on a soapbox for a second and say anyone who thinks like Ryan Johnson doesn't know what he's doing should watch that documentary because it's crazy how much is going on there and how how well he handles it. But one thing that's clear is he spent so much money in the budget to get that alien on the island. It was such a logistical nightmare. They probably cut other things out of the movie just so he can have that shot. Ryan Johnson really wanted that milking thing. Oh my gosh. I have it's to watch so that. weird that he was so into it. I'm totally going to watch it. But it's really interesting. Yeah, you should check it out. That's amazing. But sorry, I interrupted you. You're fine. So, between that, what do you what do you give this episode? Oh my, um, I guess I'm probably just gonna fall in the same boat as y'all and just say like a C. <laughs> yeah, 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 fair. That's fair. <laughs> we found the pros and cons. Cool. I'll say it's in the middle there. So yeah, yeah. all right, cool. Um, Danny. Um, so my least favorite thing in Star Wars right now is in the Last Jedi when Luke. Uh, chunks the lightsaber over his shoulder like a cartoon character. <laughs> um, yeah. like I don't not like The Last Jedi, but just that moment, I'm like, really? But mm -hmm. <laughs> there's that moment. And then um, right now, also in also in The Last Jedi, the uh, maneuver that uh, Poe does on top of the... Uh, oh, the uh, I can't think of what the ship's called right now. Oh, the Dreadnought? Yes, the Dreadnought, yeah. Where, uh, yeah. where he blows or up that last turret and then does that like oh, fast yeah. and furious move in his x-wing oh, <laughs> yeah yeah like that's the a air great. brakes he's like yeah that was sick yeah i yeah. love that move um mm -hmm. between so for this episode i'd probably i don't know i'd probably give it what we talked about earlier with uh anakin hitting on padme 
because um, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of moments in this that it was just kind of awkward and yeah. just didn't really connect. But I mean, like, like, like we said, we find value in all Star Wars, but there's those ones, just like you said, that are kind of like, ah, well, you know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. I'd, I'd probably give this one, um, I'd say probably a D plus for me. All right. All right. Cool. That's fair. It's honest. Oh, thank you so much. Um, do you want to shout out where people can find you on the internet? Um, and otherwise, what do you want to plug? Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, so you can find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Kessel Run Weekly, and on our website, KesselRunWeekly.com. Uh, we've got a weekly Star Wars podcast that comes out every single Wednesday uh, where we dive into the cool, weird, and otherwise awesome <laughs> parts of star wars and everything um so yeah great and i just want to say y'all are lovely thank you and i really it's it's admirable how much positivity you're putting out in the star wars fandom and we need that more than ever so we appreciate you coming on the show we appreciate you doing that thank you so much thank you guys for having us yeah thank you guys yeah. you guys are awesome uh i love your show <laughs> <laughs> thank you Sweet. And uh, well, thank you guys. And uh, you can find us at Rebels Rebels Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show. Um, don't know why you would, but <laughs> I'd love to get an email. I don't know why. At Rebels Rebels Pod at gmail.com. Just email me. Just, I don't know. Send me poems. I don't care. Um, <laughs> yeah. A better way to message us, though, and we will read out your message on a deep dive episode or if we do a bonus episode and you can literally tell us anything within reason and we'll read it out. If you leave us a review on iTunes and make sure to drop a comment in there, we will read it out. Yeah. Do you know what you can do? You know what you can email us? Record yourself talking about an episode you love of Star Wars Rebels and maybe we can put it at the beginning of the show. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, too. There it is. Cool. And uh, remember, until next time, to be brave out there. And don't look back. Don't look back. Peace. Yeah.